0: are listening to Vantage Point Podcast, dedicated to giving godly perspective to everyday living. Let's get into this week's episode.
1: What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Vantage Point Podcast, where we bring insight, keys, and perspective to daily living through the lens of God. I'm your host, Nick, and welcome back to another episode. This is week two of our September series called Authority, uh, and each week we're, uh, we're going to be speaking with a new uh, author as they share their stories and their work, and really the premise and the the, the focus of this series being called Authority is not only are these these amazing authors um, have written their bodies of work, but really they have become an influence or an authority in the particular topic that we're talking about that they're going to be sharing with us today. And so uh, last week we spoke to Jasmine Ryans and she was the, or is the co-author of Influencers on the Rise, Thriving Thriving in the Midst of Adversity. And so definitely want to encourage you to tune into that if you haven't. And wherever you're listening from, if this is your first or first, one thousand time listening, again, we want to welcome you, but this week, uh, we get to talk to a special friend of mine, someone I've known for many years, uh, who's written their second book, and so I'm going to let her introduce herself, and then we're going to jump right into it.
0: Uh, hello, everyone. My name is Ariel Scott, and I'm so happy to be here today to share my story um, with my book. Um, just to give you a little background on myself, um, I am a kindergarten teacher. I have taught for the past uh, 13 or 14 years. So. I'm Been out here for a minute teaching kids. Um, I also have my own nonprofit um, called Seven Pearls, which I mentor young girls between the ages of seven and uh, six and 12. Um, We've been able to do a conference for these girls. um, And it's been a beautiful thing due to COVID. We had to not do it this last year, but hopefully it'll come back again. Um, With that, I'm also a minister. Um, I received my minister's license, I believe it was in 2015 or 2015. Um, And so I've been using that and making sure that I do the work of God and continue to help people uh, within my purpose. Um, And I've been in Tulsa, Oklahoma my whole life. (laughs) Um, So I'm happy to be here today.
1: Awesome, awesome. Well, Aria, thank you so much for being uh, part of Vantage Point, and And this is going to go out to a lot of people. And so I'm just excited, one, for you and, and your work, and then two, uh, just for the lives that are going to be changed just from this conversation, but more so from the book. And we're going to jump right into that. Uh, we'll disclaim we're not going to go into every piece of the book you're going to have to purchase it to get all the the good information and good insight that that uh, Ariel has in the book but we're going to jump into it and one thing um i, I want to touch on first is right the the title of the book uh we we're talking about insecurities and so i want to really just jump in with kind of just give us a a an overview or insight into insecurities and what what that means to you what does insecurities mean for you
0: Yeah, I'll go into the the overarching topic of the um, book and then what it means to me. Um, Number one being that the book centers around my own personal journey and how I walk through insecurities to get to purpose. Um, A lot of times people think that how in the world can insecurities be a good thing? It's not something that anyone wants to talk about. It is not attractive, it's not cute. Um, But I've been fortunate to be able to use the very thing that was meant to kill and take me out that the enemy wanted to use, to use it for my good. And that is to walk into purpose. And with that, I had to be aware. I had to be diligent. I had to be consistent in wanting to get out of it. Um, Every day is not the same, but I do know I'm not where I used to be. So if someone was to ask me, what is your book about? It's about how you get through it fight through insecurities to get to purpose and how your purpose is fueled by the can be fueled by the insecurities um, and what insecurities mean to me is um, unfortunately it's a small seed that's planted in your life um sometimes without your permission that causes um The things in your life not to grow and not to manifest the way that it should because you're holding on to it in a chokehold. Um, So insecurities can be a very daunting and paralyzing thing but it can work for your good if you see it from a different perspective and ask God how can I use this um, to get to purpose.
1: Thank you so much for that insight and one thing I want to touch on and I think it's gonna help a lot of people and when we when I hear that title I keep hearing insecurity, insecurity and, and what I hear somebody saying is, you know what, man, my insecurity is tied to something so traumatic. It's tied to something so big. And I, I feel like that might be a bit of a myth that um insecurity has to be tied to something major, right? Because what if you're someone who has never had a traumatic experience right you've never been through anything or or had something so significant that that um led to that seed being planted right I can even think to myself where I can think you know I can think of something traumatic in my past that led to a seed of insecurity but I also kind of remember some things that I may not I may not have um necessarily called insecurity at the time but kind of being Um, Around this project and helping you in various ways and kind of hearing the conversations and reading posts and and kind of reading even a little bit of the book um, that you know what it might not always have something to do with trauma right and so just kind of elaborate on that a little bit.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, no uh, insecurities are not always um, connected to trauma. If you take a person, that person that think of that one person that you know that is always in the in crowd, they always seem like they're always bold and willing to step up, step out and speak up, right? And you're just like, man, and why are they always like that? And I'm not saying that those people that are like that are horrible people by far, but sometimes we have to think to ourselves, why is that person doing that, right? Is that person doing that because they have a need of control? Is that person doing that because they want to be the first to say something? Um did that stem from a seed that was planted because their mother their father, their grandmother was always pushing them out in the forefront. And because of that, they revert to those um, those uh, same um, things that were given to them as a young child. And they say, well, I always have to be the first one to speak. or I feel good when I'm the one that's always in the forefront and always the one that has the answer. And my thing would be to say to them that, no, you know, you dealing with that, you having that believing that you always have to be the one that's always in the front and always the one that has to say something could just be tied to you feeling like you want to be in control. You want to be the one that has the answer all the time. And that is a sense of insecurity, or maybe you're the person that growing up in high school, you are in middle school, you never experienced a bad grade. You never got a B or a C. And I'll be the first one to say, I, I I was happy to get Bs and Cs, but I've actually talked to young people that went into a panic attack because they were like, I I got my first B in my life. I've never got a B. And although there's something good, um, that's not a traumatic situation, but then they experienced getting a B or a C in college. And they're like, how did this happen? Um, how, how, how did this come about? And that didn't stem from something traumatic. It was just something that happened in their life. So I truly do believe that trauma, yes, trauma does um, affect the things that we go through, but it's not always tied to insecurities. It can be something that develops later in life. Or maybe it was something when you were younger that you always seemed to be a positive thing, but because if it was a positive thing, it turned into pride. You know, you don't view it you, because you you don't see it you don't view it as an insecurity you you view it as the one thing that makes you who you are
1: yeah that that is so good because I you know I as you were talking I'm sitting there thinking like you know um what what is you know trauma right and, and when when I mentioned trauma in the context of that question I'm talking about a significant like something like a loss of a family member, a loved one, um, a traumatic accident thing, things of that nature, that, that kind of red alert kind of alarms going off type situations. But even, you know, and I'm sure in that situation where that student got the B like that was traumatic for them, you know what I'm saying? Like, it was like, Oh my gosh, like I, I this has never happened to me in my life. What am I going to do now? And it's like helping people walk through that. Right. Because that, that moment albeit doesn't you know it doesn't seem like major but it it was a seed planted right like that b is a seed like now like i'm not good enough now you know i've been doing this i've been a 4.0 student i've been straight a since preschool right and oh my gosh i get here or i get to college or i do this and so we see these seeds that continue to to uh, make its way or or, or be planted and something you said a a little bit ago you said seeds of insecurity are are planted without our permission and so I, i would love just a little bit more elaboration on that if you could
0: yeah absolutely so even going back to you talking about the traumatic situation like oh that can be as simple as when I talk about the seeds being planted maybe you were a young person that was molested when you were younger that's traumatic and so that seed of insecurity of maybe you're that person that says because I was molested by um, this man now I don't want any man at all and so it becomes this huge thing where you turn to women you feel like women will love you better than men because hey I was hurt and I was molested by a So when I think about those seeds, I even think about myself, um, seeds that were planted without me asking, um, whether that be something as small as someone talking about the texture of someone's hair. You know, that's something that all (laughs) African-American women deal with. And it can be always seen as good and bad, good and bad, right? Somebody can be talking about that, not knowing that there's a little six-year-old listening very closely to what they're saying. And then that turns into this thing where that person feels like their hair has to have a certain texture tech- I feel a certain way, so they cover it up um, with wigs and do certain things to their hair to make it resemble that type of texture. And, and by no means am I saying that um, that's good or bad, um, right? What I'm saying is that when you rely on what was said to you to be your truth, which is not true, that your hair has to feel and, 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 and look a certain way, that's not true. Um, and for that person, yes, that's a traumatic situation that was planted in their life for no reason. I mean, for for in that moment, it was a reason, but it was a seed that was planted. It did not have to manifest. And that's why it's so important for us as we as people have children and 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 they're helping them develop, develop to ask them questions, to see where their head is, to see, like, what seeds have been planted, what things can be said to help turn around Um anything that could happen to their life to cause them to get off the track um also when I think about a seed being planted I always go back to grade school because I'm a teacher right did you have that teacher that always said oh my gosh you're never going to learn because you just don't listen you just don't listen all you do is move around move around move around and so that person grows up thinking like I I'm never going to learn because I I fidget too much and that's the farthest thing from the truth maybe that particular person that was in school maybe they needed more hands-on activities maybe they needed more breaks maybe they need to to stand up. It doesn't mean that you can't learn or you cannot do. It just means that you learn in a different way. So that's the way of a seed being planted without your permission, without you asking because you weren't, you didn't go searching for it. You didn't go looking for it. It just appeared in a different way. And so in the book, that's what I talk through is how different seeds in my life um, manifested in different ways and how I myself began began to cultivate them because I didn't know any better. No one spoke to me and asked me those questions of why do you feel this way why are you saying this um how could you change x y and z about yourself no one intervened because nobody knew and of course it's kind of like hard how can a six-year-old or a seven or eight-year-old say hey i'm dealing with insecurities Um, but we as adults we can all we can be the we can be the ones to change the narrative and see those small things that that child is doing so that we can be able to change the trajectory in their life and last with that one thing that I want to say in real time that has happened where um, I had to be that person to um, plant that seed of of awareness, of knowing that you are more than enough. Again, like I said, I have a mentoring group, and right now I have two young girls who are learning. I wrote a poem for them about being bold, brilliant, and beautiful. One of the young girls, she's very confident in it, and she's like, I got this, and she knows what she's saying, and she knows what she's doing, but yet the other girl can continues to kind of look at her like man I'm not doing it like her I I don't have what it takes like her and I have to reassure her all the time I'm doing this because one day you will be speaking in front of people one day you you're you're going to have all the courage in the world to be able to write your own poem to say how you feel and letting her know that hey you have what it takes letting her be creative and saying hey what movements can you say with this word so I'm giving her back the ownership of taking back the small seed that may have been planted in her just looking at this other young girl thinking I'm not good enough or I can't do it like her so that's a great example for me to others to help them see that you can be the person to change the narrative for someone to help that seed of insecurity not be as strong or not manifest I guess you can say to the um to the to the degree that it would if if you didn't intervene in the first place
1: yeah and that's so good I mean just even thinking like in your role right you're a teacher and so you're you see this on a day-to-day basis for for many years you see children that um struggle with insecurities but they don't really fully know or and you know in some cases maybe they do um, but I, I even think back to my own childhood and and the seeds and the things that were planted and things that were said and as subtle as they were said it was like the the most subtle seeds have the greatest impact right like those are the ones that tend to stick with us right um, and I remember you know for me even, sitting here hosting a podcast and doing what I do, I was a child that never talked, um, unless I was spoken to, like you never had to tell me to shut up because I didn't talk. And that seed of, you know, no one's gonna listen to me, you know, Um, Mm -hmm. no one's listening to you, you know, don't say, or no one's asking me either. So it it became this as I got older and, and I became the quiet kid um playing sports I wasn't the loudest I wasn't in your face I just came on did what I did and, and that was it and it was interesting and when you were talking I'm like man nobody really ever asked me why don't I talk mm-hmm. when I was a kid nobody ever asked um they just assumed right um and and even thinking another thing you said like I'm the oldest of my siblings Um, And I had even thought like, you know, a seed that had no intention of being something negative, right? You're the middle child or you're the baby in the family, right? Like we always, you know, we see these kind of perceptions that come out with sibling rivalries and things like that. And, and the seed of, well, they always get their way and I never get my way. So I must not matter. You know, Mm -hmm, And it was like, what are you talking? Like, nobody Mm -hmm. ever said you didn't matter. Just. They was here first or this situation or you know and in some cases it is like you don't get your way because i have this favoritism or affinity uh toward this shot. i've seen that uh, myself and so I, i'm curious and even as i think about it and it was something we talked about before um about you know kind of how old wounds old insecurities have a tendency to open up right and I know even for me doing what what we're doing right now, hosting this podcast that's reached nations and thousands of people, like I still have a moment where I'm like, "I don't think I wanna talk
0: mm-hmm. or I
1: feel like no one's gonna listen to this, or no one's gonna you know, and so just expound a little bit more on that um uh, just that potential of a reopen right, and then kind of coupling with that how is how is the power of like positive reinforcement recognition speaking life into things speaking life into people like how do those two connect
0: yeah absolutely I do remember that I was talking about that and I know for me personally um me what when I tell people hey I wrote a book about um overcoming insecurities and getting to purpose some people may think oh you're over it right you, you got it you're doing good and I'm like no this is still a process for me um the only difference between then and now is that before I would wallow in my insecurities I would make love to my insecurities meaning I would take ownership of them and I would just be comfortable in them Um, and the difference now is that now I begin I know when I see it and I recognize it going back to that open every um, scar every wound has a potential to reopen now I know that when I'm in that situation when I'm in that place where I'm like oh my Gosh, something don't doesn't feel right, Ariel. I don't view myself as being enough. I have to immediately speak to that thing. Um, the one thing that I always tell people is that um, fruitful fruitfulness flows from intimacy with God. And when you have intimacy with God, when you look to Him for Him to show you and to teach you and to give you um, the affirmations that you need through His Word that you are enough, you begin to reject those negative things that may come. Come your way and an example of that like I've said I'm a teacher and so during COVID um, we had to um, do a lot of things differently not to mention the fact that the big buzzword at my school at that time was rigor like how can we improve test scores with rigor how can we push rigor on kids because we know they're already back behind and in that moment in those professional developments there were a lot of things that were being taught there were some at that time at least felt uh, over my head and I remember the person that was giving the PLC at that time the professional development and facilitating she asked me she said hey are you haven't heard or miss Scott I haven't heard your voice what do you have to say to this and immediately I shut down and I was just like I didn't know I didn't know how to answer her right and some people would think okay that's really small you didn't know how to answer her but in that moment I took hold of that ne- that little small seed of that little girl when she was told she'll never learn, or that little small thought that I continued to have as a little girl that my brain is broken, something's wrong. And I said to myself, in that moment, the ORL would have just been so sad and just wallowed in it but I said you know what I'm not doing that I'm not going to give that ownership to my feelings and my emotions because we know that feelings and emotions can change we have the power to do that and I had to speak to that very thing meaning that I had to use the word I had to say in that moment you know what greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world meaning that in that moment I'm in the world because I'm thinking from a worldly standpoint of how I should answer a question but right now I'm going to think the way that God see I'm going to think think of myself the way that God sees me meaning that the God that's in me the one that sits inside of me is the one that's speaking life to me because I understand the the word of God and that's why I always tell people don't just know scripture know how to pray the word because the word is the thing that sets you aside from so many other people the word of God is the thing that settles your heart Um, the word of God also says that he'll give us peace that passes all understanding. So that means that when I'm dealing with insecurities, if I'm getting ready to speak in front of 500 plus people or even a thousand people or more, hopefully one day, I don't have to take on that fear and that and that insecurity of, am I enough? Do I have what it takes? But I can say, you know what? I can do this because God put me here. And even if I feel like somebody may look down on me or feel like I'm not good enough to be um, speaking or delivering a message, Message or facilitating um, uh, uh, something that doesn't mean that 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 what they say is right. But what is the opinion of God? Does that override what they say? Absolutely. And so being able to understand that even in the midst of your insecurities in the midst of your problems, you can overcome them. You have to change your mentality. You have to change your way of thinking. You have to be able to speak life into yourself and your life into other people around you. Because sometimes it can be that you're like that too, because everybody around you um, is waddling in their stuff. Misery loves company. So taking the physical steps to say, how do I remove myself from maybe the environment I'm in so that I can be able to hear, see, and in return do something different that will not feed my insecurities.
1: Wow. 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 That's so good. That's so good. So many, so many nugget drops right there. And I think the the so many things stood out, but I think a few just to touch on, like, you know, don't make love to your insecurity. Like, wow. Like, um, and then also Pivoting to what God says, I think that is so key, right? And and I think that's what that's where the power is. That's where the where the authority comes in, right? Because we know it's not authority in our own mind necessarily, but it's authority in in His mind and in His yeah. plan for us. And so, even when we are talking about, you know, the book is talking about fighting um, my way through pur- towards purpose, right? And so, I want to touch a little bit on that, right? And and when you think about like seeds being planted and how they manifest and what in of you know, how do we nourish that seed? How do we Um, you know, cultivate it, right? Because there's a negative side to cultivating it and there's a positive side to cultivating it, right? Because it's, and and ultimately how we cultivate that seed that's been planted determines how we fight our way toward purpose, right? And how Mm -hmm. we respond to the old wounds or even new wounds because we know that we're, we're gonna face new insecurities or different ones or the same ones, right? And so when you think about cultivating the seed, right? Um, How do you or how would you encourage people uh, to go about that process? Because as much as we want to just like find the seed and get rid of it and throw it away, like that's unfortunately not how it works. Um, And so those seeds have a funny way of, of, of coming in at the wrong times or even. Um, awkward times. Right. And so I'm just curious, you know, as you, as you think about fighting our way toward purpose, right? How does the cultivation of the seeds that are planted, um, how does that help us and how does that push us toward purpose?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So I believe that being able to accept it and own it. And somebody, some a person out there could be thinking, how do you accept and own insecurities? Doesn't that mean that you want to make love to them? No, because once you accept them, that means that you're at a place where you acknowledge them. And once you acknowledge it, that means that you are hopefully willing to take the action steps to get to a better place where you can be healthy. Um, i, I told people this all the time, use the very thing that the enemy used to kill you to kill him, meaning that for me personally, one of the things that I struggled with, of course, um, throughout life was, you know, my physical side, like, how did I look? How did my, my my body look? How did my face look? Was I pretty enough? And the ironic, the crazy thing about all that is that God knew that that was going to be my issue, right? He knew that that was going to be the thing that fueled me to push forward and my purpose and how I got there and what I did was again going back to the word I had to use a word to be able to understand and also get counseling as well but um I had to say to myself, "Okay, Ariel, this is a problem. This is an issue." So, working, what I began to do is I started to work in the very area of the thing that I did not like. Meaning that I had to start speaking life to young girls, and as I began to speak life to young girls, I began to, or even in women as well, I began to see that there was a difference in my in my character and how I viewed myself because I started to say to myself, "Like God, I'm telling all these people all these things about themselves. That means." That Ariel, you need to believe it for yourself. Ariel, you need to take ownership of this. Going back to the fact that I first I had to acknowledge it like, man, dang, like I'm tired of dealing with insecurities. And so the very thing a lot of times that you need, you give out. So I, I need a lot of uh, reassurance. I need a lot of of people saying, hey, I see you, you got it. So I began to give that out to people. But what you had said earlier is sometimes that can be a negative thing, right? So I had to learn how to find that balance in it. Like, how do I give it and how do I receive it without it being my the number one thing that I have to have all the time? But Even with that, what ended up happening, like I said earlier, is that I seen that there was a need for young girls to be validated in who they were. They needed to understand not only were they beautiful, but that they were bold. That they have what it they have what it takes to do whatever it is that they wanted to do, which turned into my nonprofit, which is Seven Pearls, and being able to be in a in a in a place where I can give back and I can. Speak to young girls and women as well and help them overcome issues. It's like, it feels so good to see that the person that once was back in the day that wouldn't even look in the mirror is now able to say, you know what, not only will I look in the mirror, I can take a picture now and I can speak to people. So I think doing the work that is necessary, work in the field in which you're dealing with. So if you're a person that's dealing with, um, let's say fear, like how do I use that to help somebody else? Well, if I see that somebody is dealing with fear, how do how do I encourage them? How do I create a safe place for them to walk through that and get on the other side. It may sound crazy. It's like, well, how can you help someone get through something that you're still dealing with? It's no different from if people, every all of us have decided to work out at one point in time in our life and we can, both people could be in that unhealthy place, but when you're both doing it at the same time, you're both choosing to eat healthy. You're both choosing to work out together. You strengthen one another. So that's how you, get out of that place of insecurity is by serving and doing and being a part in, of the very thing that you're dealing with. Um, I, I can see that in my life in so many ways of how it's helped me get to purpose. And then that way it gives you this sense of being able to relate to people and have like this heart of humility towards them, like, oh, our empathy towards them. Like you can understand um, that hey, this person is dealing with fear this person is dealing with codependency this person is dealing with anger um, which keeps them away from moving forward like how do I also share my story so I can help them get through it as well?
1: and, and that's the key right there and i'm and I'm hearing you talking i'm I'm getting excited for two things one, i I know the the things that this book is going to unlock in people, but, it's so much more than the book, right? It's about your story, right? Because you're gonna have people that are gonna read this book, and they're gonna they're gonna feel it, they're gonna understand it, but it's gonna be through your story within the book, right? There's the practical stuff in the book that the practical tools, but it's gonna be that authentic story to see where you were and see where you where you are now and then ultimately where you're going and and so as i hear this and even as we start to bring this in um to a close like it's it's really just encouraging me so much to know that that this audience where you know whoever's listening whoever you share it to they're going to be so encouraged truthfully like in in handling insecurity and not just handling it, but understanding it, because I think too often, we we try to handle something without understanding Mm it. Right? Like, we don't want to understand it, we just want to get it over with deal with it, but we have to understand it. And so even as we bring this, um, this episode kind of ringing at home, like, I'm curious, like, what final words, what final thoughts would you give? Uh, this audience, this, this platform, uh, when it comes to insecurity and fighting your way through purpose. Yeah. Toward purpose.
0: <laughs> Towards purpose. Um, the final um, words that I would say to anyone out there is that living a life inside a cage is not where God wants you to be. He did not create us to be in cages. He created us to be in the world, to be a light. Um, he created us Ultimately, to worship Him, and as funny as it might sound, um, part of worshiping God is being able to live out your purpose. Right? He gets joy. If we think about any adult or any parent that has a child, when they see that their baby is rocking it and shaking it in the area, I know you have your girl that does gymnastics. That feels good. It's like my baby is out there and they're they're doing their thing. And or you know, when your daughter went to college, that felt good. So imagine God seeing us doing the very thing that he created us to do. Although we know that ultimately it was to worship him, but in that comes purpose. In that comes the the fact that when he he created me, Ariel, he said, Ariel is gonna have the the ability to be able to speak to people. She's gonna have the ability to dance in front of people. She's gonna have these gifts that I've given her to be able to write, to, to do so many things. And I can't wait until she has the freedom to be able to walk in it in a powerful way in a way that helps other people because we are we are a blessing to bless others it's not always about um, us receiving Um, man gave this um, analogy a long time ago and I'm going to try my best to make it really really small Um, you know first of all my pastor said God can't bless who you pretend to be right and so I I asked you to go with me in this analogy or in this picture um there was a man who was not a good singer right and he was brought on stage to sing this song Mary had a little limb and one he didn't know the words two he did not know how to sing very well but he continued to sing and it was horrible so the person that was facilitating this um this particular um this particular setting he said hey to another guy hey can you come up here and sing mary had a little lamb sing x y r you know what matter of fact sing any song if you want to and the man began to sing and when he was singing it was beautiful and everybody was like clapping their hands it's like yes and so then he looked at the other guy who could not sing and he said hey can you begin to speak a word of encouragement to the people and that man his His consonants—it changed. Everything about him changed. Like he wasn't hunched over. He was looking uh, to the looking to the crowd with so much conviction. I mean, he had it right. And at the same time, both of these people were doing their own thing. They were in two different lines but one was singing and one was speaking. And that's the way I look at purpose is that if you are in insecurities and you're functioning in purpose, you're always going to try to pretend to be someone and something that you're not because you're trying to reach their goal and an, an attendant goal that God didn't have for you. But the moment you walk in who you are and you say, okay, I am good at it, even if it's something, is, I won't even say small, but even if it's something like sewing, okay, well, how can you sew something for the homeless or how can you sew something for kids at school who may not have clothes or how can you be the person that creates a clothing line that benefits people that may that that may not have um, the most attention in a particular area, whether it's full-figure women or maybe it's petite women. How can you use your gift to get out there and do what you need to do? So my last nugget with that would be to say embrace who you are, but don't sit in it and make love to the insecurity and think that you can't move past it so you can get to purpose, because just like as parents, we sit and we watch our kids um, go on and go further and do great things. God is looking down. He's like, that's my child. They have truly embraced what I've created them to do. And not only are they doing it, they're doing it with confidence. The word of God says that he has commanded us to be uh, uh, bold. He, He didn't ask. He didn't say maybe. He commanded us. And when I think of the word command, that means there's not a if, maybe, possibly, that's you will do it, and you have to do it, so I would take that on to um, all the listeners out there, to take that word, and say, God's commanded me to be bold, so how can I step out on this, even if you gotta fake it to make it, like, do it until you see, see the narrative in your life change.
1: That is so good, thank you so much for sharing, and, and even I'll you know, when you were saying that that in part right about boldness, it, it, I want to just call out something you 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 all noticed she Aria did not say you're going to step out in boldness without your insecurity. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. your insecurity is still there. That's what makes the power of yeah. God so amazing. Like even as you were talking, I'm thinking of like Moses and parting the Red Sea and everything mm-hmm. Moses had to do. Um And he had so many insecurities Mm
0: -hmm.
1: he tells us all his insecurities and but yet he still was used god still had a purpose and so if you're listening to this know that god still has a purpose for you there's still a purpose on the other side of that insecurity and it was something that was said last week and i feel like it's going to be a theme in this series it said advancement can't come without Mm -hmm. adversity so Mm -hmm. i'm gonna add on to that advancement can't come without insecurity mm,
0: yeah that yeah. that is so good that i'm gonna say this i know you gotta close but what i think, think about paul and how he wrestled with that thing on like that thorn in his side and he was like i want to get rid of this i don't i don't like it like like let it go like let it get out of me but god knows that sometimes we have to wrestle with that thing and that thing has to stay on our side so we can always draw close to him we can always know that he's our source and we're not the source that we have to pull from him and even when i think about with me like in life like sometimes people say oh ariel you can get up and you can speak go ahead and do it but there's always that thing in the back of my head like oh my gosh, is somebody going to listen to me? Like, do I have the right words to be able to speak? And I think when you're in that place where you can acknowledge it, like I said, I mean, take hold of it and own it, but acknowledge it. But at the same time, say, God, I give it back to you. I lay it at your feet. Like that's when he can use you.
1: Oh yeah, so true, so true, so true. So before we we jump out of here, two things. One, I have you pray for people. Um, but first before we get to that i want you to let people know how can they get your book where can they get it from
0: to get that book you can go to arielproducts.bigcartel.com and that's a r e y e l l products.bigcartel.com
1: awesome 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 thank you for that and i mentioned it last week um at the end of the series uh vantage point podcast is going to be blessing someone with all the books from the series. So you want to make sure you tune in. There's going to be information and instructions on how you enter in to win uh, this amazing set of books. That's going to challenge you, inspire you and push you to your God given purpose. And so once again, before we jump out, we're going to be praying uh, for anybody right now that's listening. Maybe you're, you're hearing this and you say, oh, my gosh, I have so many insecurities. I need help. Or you're somebody that says, you know what? I I still don't know. I, I don't know if this is an insecurity. I think it might be based on what everybody is saying, what you both have said, but you know what? I, I don't know. I need help. And so, Aria, I wanted to take a moment, pray for people, and then we're going to close it out.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, Lord God, we thank you. We thank you that um, we are in this, on this podcast, not just speaking, but we are speaking life to people. We are being the ones to set the pace, to be change the narrative for your children, God. God, I thank you that every person that listens to this, whether they think they do deal with insecurities or they don't, Lord God, will hear something that can change the trajectory of their life. It can cause them to see and look at you in a different way. The Heavenly Father, if it is that person that says, you know what, I've never dealt with insecurities, I'm good, I'm great, I don't need this. Help them, Heavenly Father, to recognize those areas of pride so that they can, Heavenly Father, be a blessing to someone else so that they can move past what they think is not. Lord God, I pray for that very person that feels like, you know what, no one sees me, no one knows me, I don't like speaking up. Lord God, I thank you just like I said earlier that, Lord God, Heavenly Father, you have commanded us to be bold, Lord God. Let that person not shrink back, and Heavenly Father's small thinking, and let them see themselves the way that you do, Lord God. Lord God, I thank you, God, for your word that says, Heavenly Father, that, Heavenly Father, we can run to you, that, that, Heavenly Father, you're you're like a strong tower, that the righteous run in, and they're not forsaken. Let the people that are dealing with insecurities know that, Lord God, you will not let them go. You will not let them slip, and you will not let them them fall, and even if they do, God is to bring glory to you, Lord God. And so, Lord God, I thank you for Nick. I thank you for what he's doing for this podcast. I thank you for the great doors that you have opening up for him, that he has opened up to me, that let my story out. And may you get all the glory and praise in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: Amen. Amen. Ariel, sis, thank you so much for being on Vantage Point. And I'm gonna call it out now. This will not be your only time. Uh, so don't be surprised if the phone doesn't ring and I say, <laughs> Hey, I need you again. Um, Absolutely. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And I want y'all to go get this book. I want y'all to be blessed by this episode. And as always, as always, always, always keep seeking insight, keys, and perspective to everyday living through the lens of God, it's going to change your life. It's going to change your world. We're going to see you next week on vantage point.